Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, welcome to your favorite podcast tied with our other podcast, the greatest podcast of all time, where two beautiful, stunning, gorgeous, smart, intelligent people tell you off, <laughs> tell you when you're wrong. I like the list. It's a really good list. I mean, I'm just out here speaking facts. That's true. Like, I'm not going to lie on our names <laughs> or our faces or our bra- I'll lie on my brain. Like I I am the different we've you've got multi- we've got lots of different kinds of intelligence. I was going to say you you can't measure in- I mean you can measure intelligence but um <laughs> yeah. well, okay. The school would beg to differ. But yeah, there's different types of intelligence. That so when I was a kid and like you people used to be like what if you could be any animal what would you be? I always said a duck because I was like I want to be able to like swim and fly and I thought it was a genius answer until I was like 15 when someone's like you know people eat duck right and I was like what and they're like yeah and people like hunt duck and like that's like one of the biggest things that like people hunt for sport and I had no idea and I was like fuck that I don't want to live my life in fear but I when I tell you I was obsessed with penguins I saw March I the penguins too. 15 times in theaters and I was like inconsolable just sobbing like I was a penguin girly like that I was, was no seriously I was too I used to write like all my papers when we had to do like research projects that we got to pick then I would write all my papers on penguins oh yeah I think about that a lot where I was thinking about like teachers and I was like damn I would love to talk to some of my old teachers to be like what did you think was wrong with me? Because like, I used to write papers on some shit that I'm like, this kid, like definitely. I used to, I wrote an entire research paper on children with terminal illnesses. Like, I'm sorry, who, fourth grade me, like, this is a little sketchy. And my teacher was like, okay. And then the next one I wrote on, I wrote like a 32 page research paper on like the Titanic. And everybody Mm. else wrote on like happy things. And I wrote on like a mass tragedy. And I'm like, what the fuck? What were my teachers thinking? Were they, I like wonder if they went to bed at night just like concerned about my well-being. <laughs> I had some interesting ones as well. I had one where, I mean, they're not as deep and dark as yours, but I compared Lion King to Hamlet in like fourth grade. And they were like, you've read Hamlet. And I was like, of course. I'm sorry. <laughs> These other children haven't. <laughs> that is a flex. <laughs> right. That is impressive. <laughs> Holy shit. I got like an A plus on that. Then I had one where everyone else was picking like serious topics and I picked the history of M&Ms and how they compare it to my life. Um, <laughs> These are like fire college admissions. Essays. Right. As And I was like elementary age. And then I had, oh, this one was in college. It was actually a true crime that happened in my neighborhood. So I compare my neighborhood to Desperate Housewives. And there was actually like, unfortunately, this 
old lady that I would see walking all the time and she went missing for a, a long period of, forever. She mm-hmm. went missing. And then the and this happened, that happened actually when I was in high school and I was giving this paper when I was in college. The week that I gave my report, they found her body in the backyard and her son had did it. Holy fuck. Yeah. And then so like the next day I came into class and they're like, was this your neighborhood? <laughs> and I was like, yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Holy shit. I feel like I should clarify my thing about the terminal illness one. Just so everyone knows the origin story of this. It is because I was so... <laughs> he watched You're... A Walk to Remember. I loved that movie. Mm-hmm. I've seen it with commentary. And now Sydney, like, we can't even talk about A Walk to Remember without Sydney being like, don't get Megan started. She watched it with commentary. And then every time I watched it, I'm like, and so this scene with the leeches? And then this scene I with did the, the same little... thing. I was obsessed with watching movies with commentary. Yeah. I watched... Every movie with commentary when I was I did a too. kid. When it became a thing, I did too. Um, I loved it. And also I was like a Mandy Moore stand for maybe like six months. Oh, I fucking love that woman. Mm-hmm. But so Daniel Radcliffe, his like charity of choice was, I forget what it was called, but it was like this like hospice for children or whatever. And so I did a research paper and I was like going to do it specifically on that because I was going to try and like write him. But Daniel Radcliffe, like, it, be, be, it, let me interview. I was like fucking fourth grade or some shit. In the same like, way that I tried to interview Oprah when I was writing on a paper on her. Exactly. Uh huh. Gotcha. And so I was like, if I do this topic, I can interview him. Because I think my teachers weren't going to let me do any more papers about Harry Potter. And so I found a loophole. And obviously it didn't work. But then I just got this like fascination with it. And then I wrote this on like an overarching thing. And my teachers were like, it's kind of depressing. And I was like, what? Life is depressing. Yeah, it is. Get over it. So fucking weird. So (laughs) fucking weird. Well, anyways, this is But Am I Wrong? A podcast where two people who have never been wrong tell you when you are wrong. And we are going to go over things in our own lives that we are going to pitch to the other and say, hey, was I wrong? Or also, you know, could also be hot takes. Mm -hmm. Then we will read your email submissions of what's happening in your lives and we'll tell you if you were wrong. And then we'll do the same thing about current events, pop culture. And then you can head on over to our Instagram to vote. Voting is usually up on Friday because this episode is out on Thursdays. We give you like a full day to listen, but we do recommend that while you're listening, pause between everything and go vote on the Instagram or take on your notes app, write it down. Or maybe you just will be a super genius and you will remember everything. Doubtful. Yeah, I I have no faith. It hasn't happened yet. I have zero faith in anyone doing that. (sighs) Yeah, I would plan ahead because there is no nothing more embarrassing. And I don't say this as like judgment. I just mean just based on the DMs of people who are mortified when they vote wrong because sometimes it's on like a... (laughs) (laughs) pretty pretty wild one and they're like oh my god i'm i'm embarrassed as fuck so just looking out for you so anything else or should we should we read the results from last week let's go for the results all right here's the results me first melissa verse the realtors hounding her who's wrong two percent said that i was wrong don't report them 98 percent said that i was not wrong do report them I vote do. Yep. I got the same one that was the one that I sent you a video for. Came back. Are you not in Barraz? Yeah. And they put the same notice, but on my side porch. 
Oh, so they're being like, oh, I'm so sorry. I like, didn't yeah. see the sign. Didn't see, right. Didn't know I came here. Okay. This is, has no indication that this is a front yard in any way. I was going to say you that. Knew, and you knew that because you're a realtor. You know how houses work. You and just you've want, been here before. <laughs> yeah. You just wanted to come from another entrance that didn't have a camera on it. Yeah. That's absolutely ugh, stupid. Okay, next up, me versus HRH and indirectly supporting problematic people. 2% said I was wrong and 98% said I was not wrong. And the 10 votes people who said I was wrong, a good chunk of them were like, yo, my apologies. This was an embarrassing one to accidentally vote wrong on, (laughs) which is valid. I would be embarrassed too. All right, then we've got writer number one versus husband looking at her friend's Instagram from 10 years ago. 84% 84% said the writer's wrong. 16% said the writer's not wrong. Valid. I also would just like everyone, even though you can't vote on this anymore, I really want everyone to go look at the picture that I used for this. It's because a great there is <laughs> that That is it, a time capsule. It is. And it's like a subtle yet poignant reference. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it just takes you back to when you realize how, like, how short and how long ago, 10 years ago was. Yeah. I had that shirt. I could see you still wearing it now. Well, because it's me and I'm like, why would I get, I'll just wear it to bed. Like it took me years to get rid of some of those fucking like Brandy Melville muscle tees. <laughs> Cause I was like, I'll throw them to bed. Right. Uh, it's a, it's like a muscle tee. And so like literally you fall asleep and like, it's actually your entire. You wake up and your tits just hanging out. It's like, literally. why am I wearing clothes? Why? <laughs> okay. Then we have writer number two versus the maid of honor who wants to spend time with writer's fiance. 4% said the writer was wrong. And 96% said the maid of honor is wrong. Fair. Yeah. Great picture. Uh, writer number three versus friend that wasn't directly invited to concert. 8% said the writer is wrong. 12% said the friend is wrong. 80% said both are wrong. And this is also a wonderful reference picture because they named uh, the friend Matilda. Hmm. And that's a photo of Matilda just mm-hmm. looking defeated. Okay. Next up, we have writer number four versus Lexi and Lexi's boyfriend who wouldn't help the writer when she lost her keys. 2% said writer is wrong and 98% said Lexi and boyfriend are wrong. And also, if the writer is listening to this, I just hope you know that I am 99% sure that all 11 people who voted that you were wrong messaged and said that this was an incorrect voting. Yeah, I give a margin of error 3%. I give same. I think under 20, I think under 20 votes on one is an act or maybe yeah maybe under three percent you're right depending on how many people vote but yeah mm-hmm. there's a margin of error yeah all right wrong of the week so as the people that listened you heard that i had to bleep out names because for some reason now they're no not no longer included in any of the articles that i was looking up mm-hmm. suspicious but i'm sure if you look into it and have questions about who the people involved are you can figure it but out. Let me just give you a hint. I fucking hate this person. <laughs> I mean, you said that during the episode. I kept that in, but I just bleeped out the actual yeah. name. So just know, if you can just think back on someone, a male, who I hate, the list is short for the plausibility of mm-hmm. who this would be. And when I say I hate this person, I don't mean in an abstract sense. I mean in a personal sense. <laughs> so... Do with that what you will. Yes, that's exactly (laughs) what I was going to say. So Echo Park Tesla jumpers, who's wrong. 99% said these assholes are wrong. And then 1% said not wrong. Do it for the vine. That's another another little 
Easter egg for you. <laughs> Uh, okay, then finally, we have my wrong of the week. I nominated the TikTok adoption lady, a.k.a. chronically Brienne. I just want to say that I figured out her username is because she has endometriosis and a couple of other like, chronic illness things, which like we really align on a lot of that. But I just saw it originally and I was like, of co- chronically Brienne, like I she just think stays being her. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's embarrassing. I wouldn't I wouldn't brand yourself as being like. I'm going to stay being wrong and in a wrong lane and driving the wrong way on oncoming traffic. Like, oof. And then I realized I was like, I love a double entendre. Like I love, it has two meetings. So 98% said that this lady is wrong and 2% said this lady is not wrong. And that's a margin of error. And I did get a couple of people who are like, she is exactly how I pictured her. (laughs) She also, when I was looking into it, because I was like, hmm, am I going to like use her username and like use all this stuff? Because I kept referring to her in the episode. I was like, TikTok adoption lady. Like I said her username, but I was like, I don't know if I want to put this lady's face on full blast. And then I looked to her following list on Instagram and I was like, very comfortable. Very, 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 very comfortable. Because, you know, I can understand not from a personal experience, but like I've learned a lot about infertility trauma on TikTok. And as somebody who... This is not an invitation for anyone to talk to me about this personally because it's not something I'm comfortable talking about. But as somebody who also like most likely has endometriosis, I'm like, this is something that I don't want to be too judgmental of anyone's trauma. But some people are just bad people who also happen to have trauma. And yeah. from a quick little doo-doo-doo, she falls into that category. Well, I don't even have to look up what that means. What a shock. <laughs> <laughs> no one saw it coming. <sighs> okay. So this is, but am I wrong, where we each pitch each other hot takes or are something happened in our life and we figure out if we were wrong. So this is a hot take and it it came up because you actually reminded me of this, but we're talking about jury duty. <laughs> I still have to check. <laughs> Wait, can we talk about that TikTok? Just like I need, maybe yeah. I'll post it on our Instagram on our story so you can see this TikTok popped up on my For You page and it also came on Melissa's and we mm-hmm. both thought of each other and it was, we'll just share it. I'll share it later when this episode is out so you guys can hear, see what it was. But it was quite funny because it was saying that every Black woman has a white emotional support woman who you check in on, like make sure she's still breathing and alive. <laughs> and then like she helps, she just is there to like hopefully help you not get hate crimes. And I mm-hmm. sent it to Melissa and I was like, you reminding me to check my jury duty notice. <laughs> me making sure you're going to the doctor. Constantly. <laughs> Being like, hey, I haven't seen you post on your Instagram story. Like you doing okay? Mm-hmm. Like what's up kid? Like, oh, hi. <laughs> this is so true. <laughs> This goes a lot in line with that jury duty. I think that it needs to be rebranded because right now, anytime you tell, and this is for people that live in the United States, I just want to clarify that because I know sometimes people that don't live here, they have different thoughts on this and they have different processes as well. But jury duty, anytime you tell someone that you have jury duty, they automatically are like, oh God, you got to try to get out of it. Do you have to go blah, blah, blah. I felt the same way. In my 30 plus years of being on earth, I I just got asked to be on jury duty as someone who, you know, is a tax paying, 
voting, voted in every election, vote in most of the local elections. I just got chosen for jury duty. Well, I just got the summons to come in. And every person I told about it, they they just acted like it was the biggest burden. And I think that's because when you hear jury duty, you think of civic duty and it kind of like people get, they feel like it's, I think like kind of like serving your country and doing things for your country when it's more about doing things for the people in this country. And statistically, people that are appearing in court are because of systematic races are black and brown people. And the amount of incarcerated people are also high for black and brown people. And if we as black and brown people are complaining about jury duty and then also white people complaining about white people that consider themselves allies or have been named an ally complain about jury duty, you're doing a disservice to the people that you claim to care about. And so we need to be showing up. And when we get summoned, actually, you know, if you can go, then go. Um, I understand that, you know, people have jobs and you don't get paid for jury duty and you potentially are losing out on on money if you have like an hourly job or your job doesn't give you time off, paid time off, then, you know, it can be a burden and you may not be, be financially able to take time off. But if you can, then you, people need to be going to jury duty because it's not about serving the country. It's about protecting those that are being systematically attacked. You you were so on point with this. We were talking about jury duty off mic last week because you were reminding me, asking about it. And that's what you said. And I was like, holy shit, I never thought about that. My privilege showing. And I think like you're so, so right. And it's one of those things that like, yeah, the system of how jury duty works is not a perfect system at all. Mm -hmm. But there are ways that we can work with the system we currently have to fix this system to the best of our abilities. and. Yeah, like if people were getting paid for jury, there's all of those things. But right now, this is what we have. And there's like people being on trial every single day and all that. And I also think I was thinking that this more after you had said that last week is that so many people are uh, like absolutely obsessed with true crime Mm -hmm. and doing all of that from podcasts and from their couch and watching these documentaries. And they have like all of these very strong feelings and opinions about it. Like we've seen it over and over again on Twitter and all of that shit. But those people are also trying to get out of jury duty. And it's like, just further proving that it's not about our current justice system or lack thereof. It's about entertainment. Entertainment. Mm-hmm. And it's like really, really, really fucked. Like you would think in a country that is so wildly obsessed with true crime, we would have, there would be no issues with jury duty. Mm-hmm. Like it would again be like a civic duty that you are potentially a little too excited to participate in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Gloria, on bringing up our modern family (laughs) (laughs) references as we do. Gloria, when she went and she was excited and she didn't get picked because, I mean, she saw it as her civic duty to protect people and she didn't get picked because they thought she was too excited and thought it was a joke. Yeah. But also black and brown people that do show up for the summons often don't get picked for the trial too. So that's another thing that 
white people need to keep in mind that if you're you consider yourself an ally, you should definitely be showing up because you're more likely to get picked. Mm -hmm. The cards are stacked against black and brown people going Mm -hmm. through that shit. And so, like, I don't know if you saw, but the black menaces on TikTok, they finally got their undercover white person Mm -hmm. to, like, ask questions And again, as white people, like that is another one of our privileges is that like the system bends for us Mm -hmm. and works for us. And we can utilize that by then like making it work for us. And then the second that we have that platform and that ability and all of that shit, you you get to be an ally when nobody in the room is expecting that. And no one in the room is asking you to do like it's Mm -hmm. just out of you choosing to do that because that's the right thing, not because you're kind of cosplaying that or performing it for right. an audience of people you're trying to make that empty gesture to. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. You are not wrong at all. That is sadly a hot take. I know. <laughs> but shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be. Okay. Mine is also a hot take. And I don't know how hot this is, but based on like my own TikTok algorithm, it's a pretty hot take. And that is, I think that the demonizing of hormonal birth control is setting us back centuries. This whole new wellness thing that is, I don't even say predominantly, it is like very much white woman wellness of like, oh, everything is toxins, everything is bad, all of these kinds of things. Um, there's just been this whole movement of demonizing hormonal birth control. And a lot of the sources who have come out perpetuating that have been a lot of white Christian women who are kind of masking as being like wellness gurus. Mm -hmm. But in reality, they're very much gender roles. They're very much like procreate, do all of this kind of stuff. And they pitch this anti-hormonal birth control thing in a way (laughs) that it sweeps in the masses who don't necessarily align with them on everything, but see that and hear that. And we spent so long, so long to have, to fight for the access of birth control to then (laughs) just have people absolutely demonize it and weaponize it. And it is a life-saving thing that I think if it doesn't work for you and it's not something you want, that's totally fine. But when we have non-medical professionals like fear-mongering other people against using it because it's going to like cause all of these things and like all of these horrendous, horrific things, there are side effects of absolutely everything. But as my gynecologist has told me, the right birth control for you, the only side effects are going to be the positive ones. Right. Like that's, And that's why there are so many of them. And do I think that there should be more options for people with penises Mm -hmm. and having them having more birth control options? 1,000%. But I don't think that the solution is to attack and weaponize the birth control that people with uteruses and vaginas have instead of just advocating for more forms of birth control in addition to that for people penises. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think that should be the case. And I got so many messages of people the first time I ever, like, talked about this because going on birth control has been, like, the single greatest thing for my mental health because I... A lot of people have asked me if I have PMDD. I don't think I do because... What's that? Premenstrual... I think it's premenstrual dysphoric disorder. I see. It's a more severe form of uh, PMS. Got yes. It. 
And so a lot of people have asked me if I had that because I talked about, so, th- so birth control is a wonderful treatment for PMDD, but mine was specifically correlated to the extreme amount of anxiety and depression I would feel because of the physical pain I was in mm-hmm. during my period. It wasn't so much like a an emotion that didn't have like a, a, a source or like, why am I feeling like this? Like I knew, I knew why I could pinpoint exactly that. And I had gotten off birth control because somebody, not a doctor, had like told me that that was going to help my mental health and I needed to get off it immediately. And I got off it. Didn't help my mental health at all. My mental health got exponentially worse. And when I finally got back on it, which I was so, so, so hesitant to because of all of these people that like dominate the mental health space and like weaponize and demonize this as something that just harms, harms and harms and harms a thousand percent of the time, which is not true. I finally, when I finally got back on it, I was so mad at myself because I was like, holy fucking shit. (laughs) I wasted, I missed out on years of my life Mm -hmm. because of this, because I didn't go back on this because of the narrative around it. And I think that like, yes, it can affect people with their mental health and like definitely get help for that. Please. Like don't be on something that's not helping your mental health, but we're weaponizing something that does help a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not productive. And like, when you come at something that hard, you are also, you have to know in the same breath, you're harming people. And like some people, and like, I've gotten dramatic with it where like some people have been like, you have to get off birth control. And well, a little trigger warning here for like suicide, suicidal ideation. Like I will literally respond. I was like, do you want me to kill myself? And they're like, oh my God, no. Why would that be the case? And I go, why are you telling me to get off something medically when you don't know my medical history? And what you're, what I'm hearing there is you're like, go die. Mm -hmm. Like they go die. That's the alternative, but you don't know that. So why the fuck are you telling me this shit? Like why? And so that's like, well, that's, I didn't know that. I didn't know blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. So if you don't know, don't speak. Just, if you don't know, don't speak. Yeah. Just shut up and listen. And you're not helping anyone when you're Mm -hmm. doing that. And it doesn't, your intentions there are so muddied and clouded by your own personal experience that like, then that's a natural reaction. Like I have things like that all the time where I'm like, oh, I I hear someone talking about like period cramps or something. And I'm just like, oh, I really want to help. And I can like type out a response and then be like, okay, that was for me Mm -hmm. because that was me talking to like, like me six months ago. But I would have hated if someone had this response to me. So like, let me dial it back and just be like, hey, I have some experience with this. If you ever want to reach out and talk about it, like I'm happy to talk about. And that is something that when I get those messages and those messages come often, I'm like, I appreciate and I see those kinds of people. I see those people. Mm-hmm. It just makes me very, very upset. We didn't fight for access so much for this just to then be like, fuck this, fuck this, fuck yeah. this. Like the solution to AFAB, Healthcare and reproductive, the solution to reproductive rights is not policing the current reproductive rights that we have. Like, yeah. in like the, the only things that we, the things that we currently have access to. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not, that's not doing anyone any good. Like, we need to expand. Oh, it just makes me mad. Yeah. I mean, I, you know this, but I went on birth control early. I've been on birth control in the past, but it wasn't the right birth control. And my doctors didn't tell me that, you know, there's different types that you can take for your body. Let's try something different. It was, it was just like, I am angry and mad and this doesn't make me feel good. And they're like, oh, then let's just go off the birth control. And then, so I hadn't been on it in years, but then during the pandemic, you know, when you're sitting here and not on the go, I was thinking about my body a lot more. And, you know, I, 
got migraines every time before my period. I would have severe migraines. I would have to go down for the day. I would get period flu and be so sick. And then I would be, and also I would get so mad and angry and have terrible cramps before my period. And then since I've taken birth control, all that is no longer there for me. It's made my mental health and my physical health so much better. And just the fact that people think that you know, sharing their own experience or things that they've heard and it's not even their actual experience. They think they're being helpful, but they don't realize how much harm they're doing. And like you said, and like I say all the time, if you don't know about something, then don't speak on it. Just be quiet. It's so It takes so much less energy for you just not to, you know, type away and give people bad advice. And like, do you want to be wrong? Like, I hate being wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I would rather do all of my research and do that du- that due diligence to prevent myself from making an ass out of myself. Right. Like, I would just rather do that. And I think that like, there is an issue too, like you said, though, with like providers, not there's not enough funding for research when it comes to the AFAB, like reproductive system. And there's not a lot of <laughs> rights and respect there. So even professionals are wrong a lot of the times. And there's lots of fucking horrible OBGYNs of Mm -hmm. like, regardless if they're men, women, non-binary, like there are so many fucking, so many fucking bad ones. And the fact that we do have to shop around to find one who's great, who's going to educate us and like have us be conscious consumers of being like, hey, these ingredients might not work for you, but if this one didn't, then this one and all of that. And like, there's so much personal advocacy in healthcare. And I mean, yes, when it comes to, women and like people with vaginas in general, but also specifically like black women, like it's, there's so much personal advocacy there that like it puts the burden on the consumer and the Mm -hmm. patient, which fucking sucks. But if we're going to, if that's like how it's currently working, which it is, we can't be spreading misinformation when we have to so much do so much personal advocation for ourselves in doctor's offices. Like, We need to hold our practitioners to higher standards. We need to be recommending doctors to friends. We need to be doing all of that shit instead of fear-mongering patients so then we don't advocate for what we need. Ugh, it makes me angry. Makes me angry. This is your sign. If you've been wanting to get on birth control and it's something that you've been having all of this fear around other people, if you trust your doctor and you have an open conversation with your doctor, you will find something that is going to work for you. Mm Mm-hmm and you will be so much happier because of it. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess now, not I guess, it is you know. actually, I know, it is time for But Are You Wrong? where we read your email submissions. So if you want to send us an email for this segment, send it on over to buttamywrongpod at gmail.com. Got to keep it under 300 words. And we ask that you give us as much information as possible for your little ditties. <laughs> if you're doing pseudonyms, do full names, not initials, because we can't follow right. <laughs> when it's just initials. And yeah. So mean. Hi, Eminem. I'm 21, she, her, calling about my best friend, pseudonym, Tina, she, her, and her boyfriend, pseudonym, Dylan, he, him. They are also 21 and have been together for six months. My issue is with Dylan. I don't know him personally other than following him on Instagram. One night, Dylan had shared to his stories and reposted a reel from Candace Owens talking about how happy she was with the verdict of Kyle Rittenhouse. In the video, she proceeded to disgrace 
Black Lives Matter and George Floyd and other horrifying takes that I couldn't even finish watching. Obviously, I was disgusted with him after this, and so was my best friend, but she said she'd have a conversation with him. I know that he is from a conservative family, but says he doesn't affiliate with any political parties. She told me the results of this conversation was his ignorance, and he didn't even watch the video, that he will do better, and she knows he has a good heart. She decided... <laughs> she Sorry. decided to stay with him after this. And as I have zero tolerance for people of that energy in my life, I told her I do not like him and do not want to be around him. She said this is making her feel like I'm forcing her to choose between her boyfriend and best friend and that I'm trusting I'm not trusting her judgment because he can't really be that bad if she is with him. Am I wrong for holding a grudge about this post and not wanting to be around him? He also still follows Candace and Trump on Instagram. Thanks and love you guys. A. I just need us <laughs> to make sure that Candace Owens, we always need you to do a first elastic because we have a friend named Candace. And like, it really throws me off when people just call Candace Owens <laughs> Candace because I'm like, that's not Candace. Right. <laughs> uh, all this is bullshit. This is all just sounds like bullshit. This is a 20 year old man that claims that he's just resharing something to be resharing it. But he follows Candace Owens, so he knows what's going on. He's lying. Also, like she says, he doesn't affiliate with any parties. She told me the results of this conversation was his ignorance. Okay, so he doesn't just because you don't affiliate with the party doesn't mean that you don't uphold those values that the party has. This is why you need to look at people's character as well as who and what they're voting for. Yeah, this this is all bullshit. Your your friend is if anyone's ignorant in this situation, it's your friend and they're giving excuses for someone that is part of a conversation, dialogue, spreading false information, spreading things that are hateful towards groups of people. So this speaks a lot about his character and your friend's character. And if she wants to choose him, fine, choose him. And I don't think you should be friends with him anymore. I mean, with her anymore. I fully agree. Fully agree. Her being like, well, he's not bad because I'm dating him. No, what that might mean is you also suck. Mm -hmm. If you don't have those feelings, you're okay with them. Yeah. And you're tolerating them. And like you, writer, clearly are not okay with those feelings. And that like stand your morals, like stand, stand the, the belief system that you have. Like you said, she clearly is she's justifying them and she's OK with them. And I think her any outrage that she had was probably fake. Mm -hmm. I doubt the conversation ever happened. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So goodbye, Tina. Toodaloo, Tina. Toodaloo, fucking Lou. OK. Hi, Megan and Melissa. Uh, I want to get both your point of view on the situation, how you would sort it out. I went camping on the weekend with four close friends. It was a campsite near the beach and it was hot. So we wore bikinis the majority of the time. My friend, let's call her Olivia, asked to take a selfie together to send to her mom. We took the selfie and as she was going to send it, she asked if I could cover up because my boobs were too much. I was instantly shocked and taken aback by the comment. But in the shock of it, I did, as she said, and I didn't think much of it until later. Later in the evening, the comment that she said to me was brought up in a game. I mentioned how I felt it strange that she wanted me to cover up. 
Her response was that she felt uncomfortable at sending the photo to her parents and that it was too much. Upon reflection, I wish I'd stood up for myself in the moment, but I didn't. I understand everyone has boundaries and what they're comfortable with, but if you're uncomfortable with my body, don't ask me to get in a photo and then tell me to cover up. The whole evening, I felt really anxious and gross about myself, and it brought up a lot of feelings from high school and past experiences. Let me know if I am wrong and what you would do in this situation. Thank you. I don't think you're wrong at all. Why are you sending a picture of you in a bikini to your parents anyway? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a question about that. And then also like, but then you also have the foresight to be like, oh, the boobs are too, like, I feel like you're anticipating your parents sexualizing these photos. And that mm-hmm. makes me feel a little nervous. And yeah. Icky. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, I think it's like if you're, if your family is like, you know, very much modesty, blah, blah, blah what like okay so then you take a picture of yourself in like a t-shirt and that so like it doesn't feel like it's about that it feels like it's specifically targeted at you because maybe she doesn't have big boob she doesn't mm-hmm. have boobs but again why like if you're gonna if this is a picture you're sending to your family why would you ask your friend to get in it yeah that's super weird to me it's weird and then the body shaming is just yeah it feels like it was an intentional moment of being like hey get in this picture but like cover up and it's like i didn't ask for this why are you coming for me no that's weird (sighs) this is weird the whole situation is weird you're not wrong your friend may also be insecure about their own body but again that's not on you that's on them it's just weird yeah, like, wh- why would they invite you into that if it wasn't just to be an asshole? Mm-hmm. Like, if it wasn't, like, it feels like, I don't want to put anything in your head, but, like, it feels like the entire interaction was specifically so she could make that comment. Right. And you did, know? did she ask for your other friends to be in the picture, too? Or did she specifically pick you? Yeah, oh, if she specifically picked you, that does feel very, even more targeted. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever happened to, like, the the good old times of people, like, sending photos to their parents, it's just, like, a vista. Or and your feet are in it, and they know because they bought you those shoes for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, like, they know that it's you. Or it's just a picture of you, and you're wearing overalls, and you're like, I'm here. Like, that, it, that just feels weird. And, like, you didn't need to be in the photo. No. Yeah. I would, I would definitely feel some type of way uh, about this as well. I don't know. So, oh, you asked him what we would we have done in this situation. To be fair, I probably would have done exactly what you did. Like, I probably would have felt like, Ugh, and then I would have put a shirt on and I would have taken the picture and then I would have <laughs> sat with it and been like, I don't like that. Upon further reflection, like, I really feel uncomfortable about that. And then I probably would have done the exact same thing and brought it up in a game. Like, I would have done everything that you probably did, but I would just want to get to the bottom of it and just be like, okay, let's explain this. Like, candidly, like, why? I would, when she asked to get in a picture to begin with and I'd be like okay cool and then she's like oh I'm saying this to my parents so can you cover up and I'd be like then why am I in the picture and I would have yeah we all, I mean you know hindsight is 2020 and this is a hypothetical situation for us but I would have been like this is me titties out like you either get with it or you don't and we're at a beach it's hot like should be happy I have on clothes truly and like are are your parents like creepy is that Mm -hmm. why you want me to like what yeah then why are we sending the picture to begin with yeah it feels a little odd 
Why are we, why are we anticipating the sexualization of my body? Mm-hmm. Maybe we shouldn't be sending a photo of, of us in a bathing suit to your parents and like, is everything good? Like, what's happening right. with this? Feels a lot icky. So you're not wrong. <laughs> nope. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break and we will be back with the rest of the episode. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time and I just got my, I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a a, a secondary of my package and I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like elixir from the gods i cannot sing their praises enough specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there and it's it's delicious it's so good and i just i love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes, but also if you're working out, if you're sweating hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time, all of that. Um, most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah, I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss, the vanilla cream, the caramel sundae. I have all three of those flavors. Sometimes I mix and match them. Sometimes I'll use it when I'm baking or I'll just drink it straight. And it is, they're so good. They have a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that makes it so delicious. You can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only nine dollars. 
Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code BLAMEME right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code BLAMEME. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited for someone who like... You know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress. And as well, there are reading challenges and rewards. And Book of the Month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next, which for me is like the biggest hurdle. I love when other people make choices for me, especially when they're good choices. And I'm like, cool, I can trust you. So each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All of the books are so good. You can't go wrong. And I mean that wholeheartedly. When we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Yumiko Jean the ministry of time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm-hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is 
your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. Shall we get into the rest? We shall. Next one. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm 23. She, her pronouns. And this story is about my uncle, Tom, who is 40. He, him pronouns. And my two sisters who are 14 and 16, both she, her pronouns. Two years ago, my uncle found out my sisters identify as lesbian and bisexual. He said homophobic comments about making the correct choice to my bisexual sister. It was a huge fight where I advocated heavily for my gay teen sisters and haven't spoken to him since. A few months after the initial fight, he sent videos to my lesbian sister about how to fight your same-sex attraction and learn to be happy marrying a man. I sent him a long text about how inappropriate this is and then blocked him. Here's my issue today. Many people in my family have since forgiven him because he apologized for his actions. However, he still stands by his homophobic views. Even my lesbian sister has forgiven him. I still won't speak to him. I say it's because his actions were violently homophobic and I won't have anyone like that in my life. My stance causes a lot of family tension, but I've refused to budge. We used to celebrate Easter at his house, but now I refuse to attend, which means my sister stand behind me and won't go either. So now we have separate Easter's. Am I wrong? Should I forgive him or at least tolerate him because my sister forgave him? And if I do too, then there will be family peace again. And ultimately she's the one his words affected the most. You sound exactly like me, what I would do in this situation. He said he's sorry, but he actually doesn't mean it because his views hasn't changed, haven't changed. Sure, your sister forgave him, but that doesn't change who he is. And for me personally, that's unforgivable behavior. And, you know, I can forgive people, but I won't for, but I won't forget their actions. But for this, there's nothing that can be forgiven because he doesn't he hasn't changed any of his thoughts. So. I think that you're in the right. In the right, I don't think you're wrong. If family peace is what they want, then they can have it. And if they want to go, then they can. Your sisters won't go. Maybe your parents will, but I would be standing with you. I wholeheartedly agree. This is one of those instances where I'm like, sometimes violence is the answer because I would love to just pop your uncle right in the face multiple times. Like, I think he deserves it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just... I think there's also a difference between, quote unquote, forgiving someone for for physical and emotional survival and making whether it's interim peace or long term like peace with something that someone has said because the alternative is too emotionally difficult for your sister. Like, I completely understand that. um, But that's not your obligation at all. And I think that, like, I would ask your sisters to be like, I obviously like. I'm so angry because this is like fully against my my belief system and my morals. And you both were the recipients of this behavior, but I don't stand for this behavior towards anyone. Like mm-hmm. it's not exclusively reserved just for you two. But in these moments, this is with our family and I don't want to make your lives harder. And if this is something that you would prefer me to go and you would prefer me to like attend 
then I will do so. I don't want to make your it emotionally harder for you or physically harder for you in these situations. But at the same time, like you were again, you were the vessels of which he expressed this disgusting viewpoints. And I hate it regardless of who it's directed towards. Mm-hmm. So like that affects how I view him. But I mean, if your sisters are both saying that like if you're not going to go, they're not going to go to me. It just seems like they are also in agreement with you and they they were just are trying kind to of, keep the keeping the peace for the family. Yeah. And also like if you carry the burden of being the one who is causing that relationship to like causing that turmoil, it sounds like you are happy to wear that badge. Mm-hmm. And I would be as well. And I yeah. think that that's a very fair thing to do if your sisters are on board with that because the hatred gets directed towards them and I think that you just have to have a conversation with them about what they want and because it's about you don't have to like him at all but you also don't want to make a situation harder for Mm -hmm. them but I would be happy to be the scapegoat in that situation or I'm like I'll take the fucking fall or you go and you punch him on Easter like I true like this is just I'm I'm imagining wearing a full Easter Bunny costume and just <gasps> hopping up to him and then bopping him, yeah, in the head like little bunny foo foo. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, little bunny foo foo, popping you right in the face. <laughs> one two punch. One two right hook. One two left hook. Undercut. Uppercut. Ugh. Like rumble. Throw him some of that rumble. Throw him a combo, dude. I can't stand stand that yeah i mean i think you have a conversation too if your parents aren't homophobic um or they claim to not be homophobic i think like you have a conversation with them without your sisters there with asking your sisters if it's okay if you have that conversation and just be like we need to stand together as a family because Mm -hmm. like the fact that we're having them like for the sake of this like deal with like homophobia and obscene amount of this and just like absolute hatred the fact that like you we have they have felt the pressure and from you as parents who are potentially claiming to not be homophobic, like this is an act of that in itself. And like, fuck off. Right. I hate him. (sighs) Okay. Trigger warning for this next one. We are going to be talking about, I mean, we're going to be talking about trigger warnings in this next one, but specifically as it pertains to sexual assault and abuse and rape. I regularly read romance novels. For my most recent one, the summary was the typical girl meets boy, they fall in love, etc. Early into the book, we learned the main female character grew up in a household where her dad physically assaulted her mom regularly, even attempting to rape her. At about 100 pages into the book, the female lead's new boyfriend physically assaults her. He repeatedly apologizes and promises, promises to never do it again. There are two more instances where he physically assaults her, including attempting to rape her, before she breaks it off. In the author's note at the end, she mentions growing up in a similar environment to the main character. I've read reviews for this book, and it sounds like the author purposely didn't put a trigger warning because she didn't want to, quote-unquote, spoil the plot. I've been in a physically abusive relationship, and this book really messed with me. It's been days, and I still can't stop thinking about it. Before reading it, I saw a lot of hype around it, with many saying it was a good book. I'll admit the writing and the story building were great, but I wish I would have known what I was getting myself into beforehand. Am I wrong in thinking that authors should put trigger warnings for things like that in the book summary. I have thought about this a lot and I I don't think that you're wrong. I think that like the storytelling, the art of storytelling, yes, has like suspense and things that are building up 
but I think that somewhere in the book and not just like a tweet that like lives and dies in a timeline, you should be able to know what you're getting yourself into. And I think we've relied really heavily on consumer reviews for like content before that before. So we know a bit of what we're getting into. But I will say, I think in recent recent years, summaries have been a far more explicit when things like that come up and they mention it in ways that don't reveal the specific characters or specific instances it happens to, but kind of gives you a summary of what you're going into just with the concept of it approaching or the topic of that approaching. And I think that, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly don't think you're wrong. Like, I, I agree with this. I don't think you're wrong either because television and movies have trigger warnings on it. That's what the ratings are. And then the letters that are underneath the ratings tell what you're in for, for with the television or movie. And I don't think it would be spoiling the plot if there's a page where it becomes the norm, like adding those warnings were added, I believe during the, on television was added during the like Clinton days. Like that was because I don't, do you, I mean, you'd probably don't even remember nope. a time where it wasn't on TV. So adding a specific page and if you want, and you know where that is, because I mean, on TV, it's in the top right-hand corner. And then like, you can look at it if you want to, or you don't have to look at it. Um, so having a specific page in the book that's dedicated to that. And then if you want to look at it, you can, which protects the people that want to have that protection. If you don't want to look at it, then you don't look at it. Yeah. I think also you're not a good storyteller if a trigger warning ruins mm -hmm. your, your book or your piece of writing that you, you're not, you're just not, that's, that's, that's lazy storytelling and you're using trauma as like shock value and mm -hmm. you're not offering any storytelling insight or anything to, to that. You're using it as a, a plot device that is just, again, it's just the, the shock of it is what is, that's how you're trying to convey it. And that it, no, I think that like, I also think in a, on a much, 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 much smaller scale, I, as a kid, had a really hard time with the first Harry Potter book with how the Dursleys treated Harry. And I had to like stop reading it when I was like, I, I think I started reading it when I was like five or five or six. And it, I couldn't, I had to like stop for a long time and I had no idea that that's what was going to happen. And you I found that, that like- book when you were five? I don't know if I I personally read it. It was either like a book on tape or someone was reading it to okay. me. But I, had I was to, like, oh, that's no, a yeah. big book to read as a <laughs> no. five-year-old. I, like, I think after the, th I think the, the third one was the first one I read on my own. Okay. okay. I was so. a pretty, I mean, to be fair, I was, I was a pretty early reader, but I don't, I use like listening to or someone reading mm -hmm. it to like the same, I was consuming it. Okay. And yeah, I had a really hard, really, really hard time with that. I don't think at that age, I would have like understood like a trigger warning or something like that. But I think that if we start implementing that across the board, there will be kids at that age who will understand a trigger warning for that mm -hmm. and like will understand what that means. And yeah, I think that it's a it's a great thing to do. Yeah, I'm 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 actually kind of shocked that books don't have it because TV has it. Movies have it. 
music has it, it's actually kind of shocking that books don't have it as well. They rely on the the consumers heavily. Like, so if you like look on like Goodreads for something, like people will really go out of their way to just be like, heads up, this book is really heavy. Like there's blah, blah, blah. And not, it's not enough. Like, I think that like, if you want to do something like that for like a movie, like up or inside out, like for sure, for sure. If it's an animated movie that is sadder than you think it's going to be, but not when it comes to things that are actually triggering and there are ways to talk about things that are like incredibly sad and really sit with you. But when it's something that I think a lot of people also use the term like trigger incorrect, this is not being used incorrectly at all. But like when something is act- actively triggering you as a con- someone who is consuming said media, you can't control. That's what a trigger means. You can't control your reaction to it. And it can like send you into a PTSD spiral. It can like give you flat, all of these kinds of things. And the same way that I like that we have trigger warnings when it comes to like flashing lights for like epilepsy and like seizures and stuff, we should be having trigger warnings for this content in, in books. Like just because it's written doesn't mean it's any less traumatizing Mm -hmm. because you're envisioning the whole story. That's the point of reading. Like you're envisioning that story. You have your own imagination and you're creating like these characters that you're, you're seeing or these whole stories. And just because you're not actively seeing it in a movie or a television show doesn't mean it it is less immersive and therefore less triggering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're completely correct. And I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's surprising that it's not standard. And it should be. Yeah. Oh, you know, another one? Again, this is a very small, small, minor comparison uh, that I had to stop reading the Lemony Snicket books because I thought they were too, like, it was just that, like, they were, the kids were, like, literally getting abused and, like, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And I was like, what the fuck is this? How is this happening? And no trigger warnings. And I hate not finishing books and I couldn't finish that book or that series. All right. On to, but are they wrong? AKA Rachel of the Week. And this is where we pick something in pop culture that we think, you know what? They are definitely wrong. Okay, so mine is, um, I don't know if you heard about this, but a couple of weeks ago, this teen boy was on a ride in Florida at a theme park and he, the ride wasn't, he wasn't secure in his seat and he fell from the ride. His name is Tyree Sampson. Well, this woman was going, this woman was going around. She said that her name was... Shay Johnson and she claimed to be his cousin and was on TV just flat out lying like the family has no idea who this woman is on TV like holding rallies at the theme park just flat out lying talking about he was her cousin and like she had to clean up the blood because the theme park didn't do it basically just like giving all this attention to herself and giving all these interviews and holding up signs talking about his life matters and justice for all we want justice which you know that's good but the fact she's like getting she's basically lying and getting attention for herself and taking advantage of other people that are around i heard she started to go fund me was that true the articles that i have up don't say that she does, but I wouldn't put it past this woman. She's like, 
even in her mugshot, she's smiling. Yeah. She's been arrested several times for other things. She got fired from the strip club that she works at because of all this. She's been awaiting trial for uh, setting a car on fire and has been like forging documents. So my Rachel of the week is this woman, LaVanya Browning. So fucked up. Yeah. It's so fucked up. And like the first time I heard about this story in the same breath, it was this story. And this, and then it was the quotes from the quote unquote cousin. And like, she aligned herself with this absolute tragedy. And then the family had to come forward after going through this tragedy. Mm -hmm. Still going through this tragedy. Yeah. To be like this, we don't know who this person is. Like, leave us the fuck alone. So fucking devastating and so fucking sad. Yeah. So condolences to the family and fuck you, Miss Browning. Fucking horrible. Okay. So mine is, <laughs> is so odd. And I don't even know in this who I am specifically nominating as the, the Rachel <laughs> because... There is so many allegations being thrown around that like, no, I know it's the, it's called the 7M Film Management Company. So this popped up onto my timeline and is the sole reason I stayed up till 4 a.m. two nights ago. This happened or kind of started to break earlier in March. And there were, was these like sisters on TikTok named the Wilking Sisters. And I guess they were like, dancers and they had like a joint account and then like there was just some weird stuff started happening with one of the sisters and the other sister had her own personal account and basically made this plea that my sister has joined a cult and it is a cult that is preying on tiktok dancers as a management company and like we, my family needs your help. We need to like bring awareness to it. And it is absolutely wild. So there is a content creator on TikTok named the dot Cassie Marie. They did a series on it. If you scroll back on their TikTok feed, you got to scroll past all the Rachel Hollis ones <laughs> and did a lot of Scientology ones. And there it's as of now, I think it's like a 16 part series that they did all about this. If you want to read more, but basically There are two camps of this. So the sister who posted this video saying like, my sister's in a cult, we need help. Her story is that her sister has cut off contact from her entire family. And the warning, the biggest like, oh shit moment was their grandfather had died and they were like, here's when the funeral is, you can fly home, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I need to check to see if I can. I have to ask my management company. And they were like, what? And she was like, well, I just, I might not be able to. I'll just see what they, if they'll say I can. And she didn't come. And apparently she was like very close to her grandparents and her grandfather and the, her parents were like, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean? This is so out of character and so odd. And her behavior had been completely different and they have been worried and she's basically cut them off. And so then this sister alleges that She recently married a black guy and she alleges that her parents are incredibly racist and they called the police on him and that's why she's cut them out of 
her life is because they're very racist. But then the other sister argues that she's also dating a black man and her parents might have had some issues with them. But that is either a completely separate entity to what is going on or that it's just flat out like not true that that like didn't happen. And that wasn't why they called the police. It was because they thought that or they think that he was the one who was bringing her to this religious organization that was like a cult um, and that their own biases, they might've mentioned that he was black, but it wasn't, it was the wrong way to go about it, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't the. What was keeping her away from the family. Yes. And also I think that like from just an outsider, I think all of those things can be true. Like her parents can be racist and have said and done horrible things and not supported her an interracial marriage, but she could also, and still, she could still be in a cult. Mm -hmm. But basically the, the unique thing about this is, and I never fucking thought about this when it came to cults, is that the only time that cults really get disbanded if they're not done internally is when you have cult survivors come out Mm -hmm. because you can't, do anything with that when it's just outside speculation. Right. And this is very recent. So nobody has come out of this. And so this has been a compilation of just friends and family of everybody involved in this cult, like all of these different TikTok creators and dancers that all of their friends and family have been like, haven't heard from them. They've been like very odd. It's been super, super weird. Like it's just very, very odd. And so the management company is called 7m.films. And it's based on the seven mountain mandates, which is, mm-hmm. is it fundamentalist Christian or just Christian? It's not just Christian because yeah, I don't know I, what this is. You said seven? Seven mountain mandates. It seems pretty intense from what I had read about it. It's Pentecostal and evangelical Christian. So okay, cults essentially. Yeah. So the guy who has founded this company is a pastor and like has a church and this entire management company is based on, is like faith based, even though the content of these creators isn't faith based, they're dancers. When they go on to set, allegedly, they're not allowed to speak to anybody. And so like no one will talk, like they won't talk to anyone. If people talk to them, they like have their manager respond through them. He is also being sued from another person who said that he like brainwashed her Prior to this, he brainwashed her through his church organization to like give him all of her money and like that. And he admitted to like using religion and like using using the money that he was making from like donations and stuff to the church for his own personal gain. And there's just like all so like all of the people on that side of the management company like have are very nefarious and like it's well documented. And then they have moved on to making this management company and the captions of the people who have been a part of this have changed their dance even some dancers are saying that it's changed and then one of the dancers who's not a part of this but who's in this community had said that him and the this woman's husband that they had only quite recently gotten out of a cult that was born or was targeting people in like the crump dance community and that he had never fully deconstructed Mm -hmm. and that's when you're the most vulnerable and a lot of people like quote unquote, cult jump where they haven't fully deconstructed what they went through. And then they become more and more susceptible to being a part of other ones. And he said that it was only a mere matter of like a couple months ago that they got out of this other situation and that like he wasn't fully conscious or aware of how how they had been 
like essentially brainwashed. And he was like, and I'm just watching this happen again. And it's just so odd. And like this creator, like will go live and just read these like very intense passages from the Bible that are like very like women shaming and just all of this like really intense, intense shit. And this all started because the two sisters and they're TikTok famous. So they got invited to a private invite only church. And the other sister, when she like needed to go pick up a friend from the airport, couldn't attend church. And like the church leaders were like, you have to come. Like, you can't go pick up your friend. And she was like, well, no, I have to. And they were like calling her and she was like, this is so weird. Like, I'm just going to go pick up my friend from the airport. Like, it's not a big deal. And when she like got back, they had like cut her off from everything and like wouldn't let her come back or do anything. And that's when she realized like, uh oh, I think this might be a cult. Yeah. Um, I saw someone talk about this on TikTok months ago, but it was one of those like call out accounts that they said that they were like trying to get to him. And so I didn't think it was true. And I also didn't look into it because it just seemed too fishy. But it's really sad how people get susceptible to things like this. And I was just looking at the followers that are a part of this. So I'm guessing the pastor, whoever you're talking about is Andrew Womack. I'm not entirely sure. Oh, the CEO is Dr. Robert Shin. He's the pastor of the Shekinah Church. Okay. Also, Raphael Cruz is a part of that. And if that name doesn't sound familiar, that is Ted Cruz's legal name. This is his father is part of this. Wow. Also, Paula White, who has been uh, on TV for years. My grandmother actually used to watch her and I was like, this woman is not all there. But she also was Trump's spiritual advisor and was the one that got on TV talking about praying for like the little African babies so that Trump can be president and stuff like that. I don't know if you remember that. Holy shit. And then it's the person you're talking about. Her name, Miranda Derrick. Yeah. Also, I just want to say that the 7M films, they claim that it has nothing to do with the Seven Mountain Mandate, but it's it that's just essentially to not to try to not publicly associate themselves with prominent figures who align and align themselves with the Seven Mountain Mandate. But based on just it's very that's that's what it, it is. They're just trying to repackage it in a celebrity kind of way. What an interesting group of people. Yeah. And I think that like, I, so when hearing someone talk about this, they were talking about it in terms of Hollywood. And I never thought about this because. Um, Scientology. Well, yeah, but I, I, I didn't grow up uh, religious, so I'm mm-hmm. not susceptible. And I don't mean that in a bad, like a bad way to anyone who did, but like, I'm just, if you don't grow up with that kind of belief system that there is like somebody or a greater power who is in control or is like looking out for you or anything like that. It's really, really hard unless you go through like a pretty intense traumatic event in your life. It's pretty hard to adopt that belief system as an an adult. But I never thought about the fact that they really prey on people who are religious and also trying to make it in Hollywood and like Mm -hmm. be successful that they really align those two things together. And this, this side of religion and this specific kind of the way they're doing it in this branch, it's less of um, moral based and like being a good person based. And it's more along the lines of like, you are superior to other people who don't have this belief system. And therefore being superior means that 
as long as you have this belief system, you will be successful because mm-hmm. you are better than everyone. And so it mixes that confidence and ego that you kind of have to have to like keep putting yourself out there in entertainment with a sense that you are owed this because of your religious affiliation. And it's like very uniquely fucked up. But yeah, so if you go on 7M Films, they have a a statement that they did and it's very odd. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing is really sad and I just like can't imagine there it's not that one is harder than the other, but it's just a unique thing with social media now that like usually when someone is in a cult, uh, historically they're off the grid, you're not seeing them. It's like they're, and I just can't imagine how uniquely painful it must be for parents to see videos Mm -hmm. of their kid and know that something is wrong and know that it's not her and watch people online defend her and then also attack her. And it's just really, really hard because cult deprogramming, this is this is why QAnon has been impossible, not impossible, but it's been so hard for people to help deprogram their friends and family from this is because suddenly when you have onlookers and you have an audience, you have people defending them and advocating for them and playing Deadpool's advocate and all of this kind of stuff that it enables and propels people to make, to keep with this, keep with these like belief, this belief system because everybody's voice is being heard. Mm-hmm. It's real sad. So my Rachel of the week is the management company and yeah, not putting any onus on any of these people who get involved in this at all. You can be a bad person or a good person and end up being in like a cult or anything like that. But I just, I, if anyone, if anyone's like interested in this and anything, just all I ask is like, please don't comment on people's videos uh, about this, like on their specific videos. If you want to interact and discuss these things, go on people who are commenting on it and not, but not those specific, not the specific people in there, because when you insert your voice there, just anything like it's such a delicate situation to protect these people and none of us are qualified to do that mm-hmm. no matter how much we think we know because this is someone's kid and someone's sister and like it's really sad <sighs> makes me want to watch the Hillsong documentary that one is so out in the open that it's <laughs> horrific yeah and I told you about when I first moved here, somebody tried to get me to join a cult too through, and they yeah. were using it as a form of church. Mm-hmm. So weird. Ooh. Oh, anything positive happening in the world? In life? It's a great question. Oh, well, that's exciting. What? Scientists have discovered a gigantic expo planet that is still, quote unquote, in the womb. It's about nine times the mass of Jupiter and in a remarkably early stage of formation. It's providing new insight into our understanding of the universe and the complex and messy nature of planet formation. That's interesting. Oh, and Doja Cat won a Grammy. When she was in the bathroom. It was so funny. And do you see her throw her vape off of stage, like right in there? Everyone's (laughs) like, Doja brought her vape into the bathroom, but she drew the line at bringing it on stage. And she threw her vape, yet Bruno Bruno Mars lit up a cigarette on stage. Yeah. But Doja's thing being like, I act like nothing's a big deal, but like this really is. I felt so, I like just 
fully understood that with that like kind of like joking nature about everything. And it was like mm-hmm. so sweet. To see and then that, she like, broke down in tears. Yeah. yeah. Because I think that like it happens to everyone, but like, you know, women in general, like the self-deprecating nature of mm-hmm. just everything. And she's really kind of banked on that. And like everything's a joke and everything's funny and like lighthearted because also it's so hard to get into the industry. She's worked so hard at this, like was ready to give up. And I think you have to kind of go into it with a fuck it attitude at that point because mm-hmm. you're the other option is you stop because you're so jaded that you know, sometimes like things really get through with that. And I just thought it was so sweet. And though her looks are so good. Like I want a Barbie of that look. Like it's just, I'm, I was just obsessed. Like I, I, I just really love her and I think she's so talented and I'm so happy for her. Yeah. She's great. And I really appreciate her recent like brand deals that she's been doing. (laughs) Like the one she had with JBL, the speakers, and she called Little it Jibble. <laughs> and then did you see how they came back and like made a response video of like holding up the cue cards and then feeding her the chicken or whatever? I thought that was brilliant. And then also when she did the Taco Bell one, where she was like, I have to do this Taco Bell brand deal. I don't want to do it. They're making me do it. There's going to be a rap song that comes out just go with it. I don't want to do this. And then she let it out and it was just funny after that. So, so so funny. She's so funny and hats off to her and she deserves whatever comes to her. I truly also think- In a good way. That sounds like a threat. (laughs) (laughs) On the good sense. I also believe like how she operates with like brand deals and stuff. I think it's going to make a really, I think she has the power to change that space and it mm-hmm. will affect everybody in it. And I mm-hmm. think that like people have been trying to do that for a long time. But I think between TikTok and her specifically, I think it's going, people want those like natural viral moments and those can't be orchestrated unless you let people take creative liberty. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be, do really wonderful things. And she's just the best. Just love her. I watched her live for like an hour the other night where she was just on live with some random person who had no idea who she was. And she was just like asking him about his life. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody's like, this man has no idea who Doja Cat is. Uh, (laughs) It was so funny. Okay. Well, that is it for this episode. I think maybe we should be asking in general, like we record these episodes on Tuesdays. If any time before Tuesday, you want to send us a DM of some like happy good news that we can always throw in towards the end of the episodes. And it could be personal news too. If you want, we oh, can share great. with everyone. Yeah. So please do because, um, yeah, a lot of the Rachel of the Weeks, <laughs> sometimes they're funny, dramatic, and then sometimes they're just kind of like really sad and depressing. So we'd like to end it on a positive note. So send o- that over to us. And again, you can send us an email submission for the But Are You Wrong segment. And also, as always, you can tag us in things for the Rachel of the Week, But Are They Wrong? TikTok, Instagram. Send us a DM if there's something that you want us to cover or look into. We are chronically online, but sometimes we miss things. A lot of times we miss things. A me. lot of times. So let us know. Follow us over on Instagram. Go comment on our latest Instagram who your Rachel of the Week is. And or if I have some call to action on the fucking post, do both. What is what's the opposite of a Rachel? Well, we'll offline it, but or you guys can write in. That could be what the it's the whatever of the week. It's the opposite of the Rachel of the week. That can be that segment title. Yeah. Good call. You can comment on the post and also let us know who you think that name is. Mm -hmm. And we'll figure it out. Uh, Okay. well, that's it. 
Okay, we will circle back. Bye. Bye. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.